If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. We had our good friend, Ben Greenfield. Oh, you're about to hear a good oh, little man. episode Visit here. Visit us here in San Jose. He actually spent the night at my house, uh, and we made sweet, sweet love. Yeah, yeah. no, I believe you- uh, You guys really bonded. You were the, what did he say? He's the little spoon? No, he's a big spoon. Uh, yeah. Were you a little spoon a in it? Spoon. Mm-hmm. So Ben- No, Ben, ben is uh, <laughs> one of our, I mean, great guy. Like we First awesome we saw him because he was racing in the Spartan race when he was up here, hmm. and uh, we went to see him up there. Then we hung out with him. We had a great dinner with him. We um, maybe drink a little bit. I don't know. You might hear that in the episode coming up. But we had a great time with Ben. He's a, he's a very intelligent guy, but this episode gets a little deep, right? We talk about Ben, his life. We talk about more personal stuff. I can't A little wait. bit of fitness. I was not here, so I, I can't wait to listen to this one. Oh, yeah, that's right. He sat in your chair, Justin. I know. I'm it pretty sure different I asked him questions that nobody's ever asked him before and got him talking about things that he's never talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast before. So he's, he's one of our favorite uh, podcasters. You can find his podcast. It's called Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. His website is bengreenfieldfitness.com. His Instagram is at Ben Greenfield Fitness, and he's released a new energy bar. Now, we're not big fans of bars and stuff like that, but I'll tell you what, I kind of like his bar. Um, it's minimally processed. It's got good ingredients. It actually tastes pretty good, and we bullied him to giving uh, our fans a discount. That's, and not only did we bully him into giving us our <laughs> fans a discount, a better discount than you can get anywhere else, because the affiliate code uh, was supposed yeah. to be 10%, and I strong-armed him strong-armed him into giving us more than anybody <laughs> so else. So he hooked it up. Mind Pump, if you go to check out, make sure you put Mind Pump, no space, all one word. That's it's impressive, because he has like a gorilla grip. 15% discount on those bars. I love them. I've been using them consistently now. So here we go. Uh, here we are talking to Ben Greenfield. Can you hear Ben? My blue light blockers are cutting off blood flow to my ears. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Headphones w- on. Why are, uh, uh, first of all, you're in the funny chair. That's Justin's chair right there. This chair does smell a little funny. It does. <laughs> and it's, Son of a bitch. <laughs> this is true. Dude, tell tell Ben about how, how Justin got his so, hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, what Saturday when we come over to see you at uh, Spartan Race, right? Mm-hmm. And you introduced us to Hunter. And that that really hard, super steep Spartan race that I did that you guys didn't do. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. We, yeah, you, yeah right. Yeah, definitely not. First of all, we ran out of gas on the way there, <laughs> so that's our that's right there. That mm-hmm. tells you we shouldn't compete in a Spartan race. <laughs> it's a classic Spartan race excuse. Exactly. So we I get, was going to do the barbed you know, wire, but I ran out of gas. Ironically, okay, when we were at the Seven Eleven that was right across the street from there, we saw a bunch of like Spartan wannabes or whatever, like the people that look like they're going to do the race, but they don't. I didn't know that. I didn't know this existed until this moment, because like a whole crowd of them. And I told Taylor, I said, "Oh, hey, bro, let's go over just interview these guys. They probably just finished the race. They're coming over <laughs> yeah, to. That's right. Were they like climbing on the gas pumps? <laughs> they were no, but they were. There was a the whole mob of them. You know, they had the tall socks and they had the headbands oh, yeah. and the Spartan shirts on and stuff. So one and one of them even had like the war paint on his face, all that stuff. And I go, "Hey man, did you just race?" He goes, "Oh no, I missed my time. I missed." So he <laughs> and there was a whole group. What do you of mean them. I missed my time? He did. You were this. No, you, he, you get like an allotted time that you're supposed to start the race. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's, no, this, a, that's like the dream I had. You know, like the dream where you go to school in your underwear or like yeah. your teeth are falling out or you can fly. I've had that dream before where you sleep through the race or you miss your start time. I, I just thought it was, how, so how you did know you, do, you care about the race. How when, did you do, by the way? How did you do in this last I one? I sucked. Really? What yeah. does that mean for you? Because I feel like sucked 
In like how many you yeah, means we're, we're, like I know you oh know I only place. ran like the second fastest person. No, I didn't. I didn't run very fast. That happened to me in the race before that too. I, we were talking about this beforehand. Oh I, yeah, so you were I, telling me I about your SI joint I did, pain. I did a whole new protocol this winter of lifting and gymnastics and sitting on airplanes. And I think it's possibly <laughs> that last one because I because in in the Seattle race I had just flown in from. Uh, I was back east, and then for this race, I just flew in from Bulgaria. I'm not sandbagging, but I think that that sitting for like 24 hours before the race uh, affects your. Is it always the same Sign- side? And I warm up. Yeah, it's always the right side. It's always the yeah. right SI joint. Yeah, there's. Pro- I, think, I think sitting for that long. There's a recruitment pattern issue. That's. I mean, that's 100 percent what it's pointing to. But the hard thing about athletes like yourself, because you're so highly handsome. trained, you're so uh, <laughs> yes handsome, but that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. You're it's also nice. very fit is that your body is exceptional at compensating. So it, it can be very difficult to identify a recruitment pattern issue on someone like you. Yeah, plus my right testicle is just fucking huge. Yes. That's the other part. That's the other part. My right, I get the shaping on my right yeah. thigh. So, so sitting long, so sitting on for long periods of time hurts the SI joint for you, apparently. I, 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 that's the only variable that was the same. Like, like mm. if, if I look at both my last races, like they're not that. They weren't that great. So, no, I wasn't happy with that. I hope how, Brink can no. see you tomorrow. Ben, how, no. how competitive do you what feel? What I did like was how you guys showed up and you all leapt over the fence to the race, but Sal no. did not. <laughs> I'm glad he tiny, called you tiny, out. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little fence, and they're standing there talking. I'm like, why don't you guys come over here into like the into like the race? And I was like, okay. And he just like kind of you know steps over the fence. And then uh, who, who was I think I think Justin yeah, le- just, leaps over the fence. And then Sal walks the 100 yards like around the bathroom. <laughs> You're a Spartan race. It's okay to jump. It's, the fence. You know, the funny thing is, it's the it's entrance. Is, the entrance is right over there. I saw. I don't understand why I need me, to jump over me, the fence when I can t- just t- go into you, the entrance. Let me tell you. I feel how like much, I made the smart decision. Let me tell you how much I know my boy. Is I saw, <laughs> I saw for a moment there. He thought about it. Like mm-hmm. he looked at the fence. He saw me hop over. <laughs> then he saw Justin, and he thought. What if my pants catch? What if I don't make it? Crossed his mind just for a split second. There was a split second here, surrounded by (laughs) obstacle course racers. I don't want to be the guy. Exactly. Uh, You imagine how embarrassing that would be. And there's a bit of there's a bit of it. Very that's that's smart in his own way, right there. Because he saw that he's like, if all the places I'm not going to make a fit, we're out. Yeah, we're out. Just a hand. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of obstacle race people (laughs) that are hopping over doing crazy shit. Sal is not going to fail at that. Splinter. I'd rather be made. I know him. I'd rather be made fun of for a while. Walking around the fence and actually attempting it the next. It's it's uh it's this one time, dude, that I stepped over the fucking chains at McDonald's and I pulled the whole <laughs> line down with me. But then the funny, everybody came so, down with me. So we go to and watch I the spilled game. nuggets everywhere. We go to watch the game tonight at the bar. Oh, yeah. And and I give Sal a hard time and I kind of jump over the fence to to like get into the bar. And so like <laughs> ten minutes later, I turn around. Sal's getting there, ready to jump over. The, and the security guards come over. They're like, <laughs> Sir, please please step down immediately. Step down. <laughs> so they knew they knew that you have a fence problem. They did. And <laughs> they did. They, 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 they saw they, they saw Ben do assistance. it and they're like, let that guy do it. He can obviously do it. And then they saw me attempting like. Sir, so, yeah, you're gonna hurt yourself because they saw a lawsuit. Come over here. They saw a lawsuit. There's right a ramp. Right. There's a <laughs> ramp over here on the side that you can use. You taller, than, you taller than 48 inches. Okay, please <laughs> go go around. Listen, I'm extremely agile. I'm extremely <laughs> agile. I'll show you guys one time one day. Now, Ben, you you said you played sports growing up, right? Mm-hmm. What yeah. what what sports did well, you? Well, tennis was my main sport. Okay. Yeah, tennis and chess and violin. Mm. You threw chess in there. Chess. There's competitive mm-hmm. violin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's competitive. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, like your right hand gets really sore. 
Yeah, I know. Maybe, yeah, like the right, the right. Did you really bicep. play the violin? I did for 13 years. Wow, you don't have yeah. the. What do they call that and on then, your neck? No, a hickey. No, that <laughs> where they get the violin players will get like leathery like skin, right? From well, yeah, you got to kind of you got to kind of hold it against your shoulder. And yeah, there's like little little. Uh, it's uh, like I forget a the name of it. Yeah, it, it's it, kind of like there's, there's a actual, term for it. If you actually watch a, a violin concert or you go Google violin concert and and like do a close up of there's like a big pad on yes. the side of the violin. Yes, that's supposed to go up against your shoulder. Yes, but they but also I, I was I w- uh, my family was not wealthy, so the way that we did it was I had a rubber band and a piece of foam that we get from like Joanne's Fabrics and oh, we wow. just kind of rubber band that to the violin. So that, that probably saved my ass. Well, saved my neck. I, I, I think the violin is one of my favorite instruments. Yeah. I played the trumpet. Oh. Yeah. I so played the trumpet for I, three years. I could see that. Yeah. Um, Something about my but, lips. Uh, what were you going to say? I, I have a challenge for us today. Uh-oh. Yeah, I want to see, because this is totally not formal, right? We were Violin out. off? No, you know, not a violin off. Oh, I, I want to challenge ourselves to uh, on this fitness podcast to not talk about fitness. This is a fitness podcast? Yeah, as much as we possibly can. So we're not allowed to talk about fitness. That's the, Yeah, I want to stay away from that day, because here's here's a, a perfect opportunity after we just hung out, we uh, had some drinks, had a good night, and then stopped by the studio. Let's it's, be honest, I just drank like half a bottle of sake, and, <laughs> and I'm high. Right. So, what? What? So. What? what are you talking about? about Ben anyway continue so, Adam was just edamame so I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh and this would be good because I haven't even asked a question like this from Sal so let's Uh-oh, I want to wow. go back to high school oh no for uh for both of you and I want a memory oh, this ought to be fun and we're gonna we're gonna you, do, you know I was homeschooled K through 12 that's okay that's okay. this is fair enough right here right yeah. so I, I as a, at that age okay through high school somewhere between freshman senior year and high school I want a moment that you remember that was tragic to you, and then a moment to you that was like, uh, like probably one of your happiest or exciting moments in that in that time frame. So first one, tragic. So, and I want both of you because this wow. is going to ask Sal. I can't even. That comes to mind. I can't this is going to be a really sad podcast. No, yeah, it so doesn't I mean, have to be. Well, what do you mean tragic? Tra- tra- well, I mean like the time I took mom's pills and tried to commit suicide. <laughs> the time my dog got hit by a car. It, it, I do, let me let me rephrase it then. Does that have to be? How about tri- just something that time would, my that, brother attacked me with a sickle, or the time he sprayed himself that, in the face no, with bear no, mace? Okay, let me back it up. Okay, let me back it up. Tragic was not a good word. <laughs> that was not a good word for that. How about something that that you know that has formed you into the man you are today because of what happened to you? And it doesn't have to be necessarily tragic. It just um, something that has some transformative moments. I, yeah. Okay. That, well, formed me into the man that I am today. Literally, yeah. like the worst injury of my life happened when I was in high school. Oh, what I, happened? I, I had a dirt bike course. My brothers and I were big into dirt biking, and I was on our our home dirt bike course in school because we'd finish. We were homeschooled, right? So we get out of school at like ten a.m. and just go up barefoot and play in the dirt and roam the hills the rest of the day. And uh, that's why homeschoolers are so smart. Mm. By the way, this is actually true. By the way, nothing to do speaking. with the pace of the classroom or independent education or anything. It's the mm. fact that we get out of school early and go go and go play. Ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I, I, well, long story short, it, because it really did turn me into the man that I am today, I hit a rock, my front wheel hit a rock at about 45 miles an hour. I flew over the handlebars and I was all by myself. When I flew over the handlebars at that speed, the only thing that slowed me down was my crotch hitting the handlebars. <sighs> so I got what, what they call a testicular contusion, meaning Ooh. that my, my balls within a day were swollen to like the size of grapefruits. Oh, and I remember being really pissed because I couldn't play basketball. <laughs> like because I was like waddling like a cowboy for weeks, and like they took me to the doctor, and they didn't know if I was going to be able to have babies until I actually had babies, and so it actually was a, a pretty like like for a boy, yeah, right, like to to basically have your junk just get get they got mangled. crushed that hard. 
So were you on the ground just forever? Because I was on the ground by myself for four hours. Crying. Yeah. So did did it scare you away from dirt? And and one one of like the guys who was like gardening up in the hills found me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did did you did it scare you away from riding again, or did you do do not? Yeah. Really, I I didn't go near a dirt bike for like two years. Really? How old were you when this when this happened? My balls would 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 quiver with fear. Uh, I was they're tingling right now. I was fourteen. 14 yeah. years old. Wow, that's a horrible age yeah. to get hit and in I had the to nuts. go into the guy. The, uh, what, that's when the, they're, the, the, they're the, really uh, primed, too. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. like, the urologist. He was, like, sh- you know, he, sh- he shines, like, the flashlight on your balls to look at the damage. You can, mm-hmm. like, see all the You ever do that before, Adam? No. Where you shine the light and it goes through the other side? It is kind of cool. On Even wh- if you're not injured, it's kind of fun. You shine your light. You take the flashlight. You put it up your, your, your ball and you shine through and you, you can, can actually see. That. Like, go yeah, in the dark sometime and just, like, shine a flashlight at your balls. It's kind of cool. You can, like, see through them because they're kind of transparent. What? you hear that, hun? He's, we'll try that. He's like, we've too. been doing that this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we'll, know. It was a medical, we'll try that later. That's a medical, that's a medical thing. Wow. Uh, you know what I think is cool? As I think you, I was just telling Jessica, we were talking about this, how you used to bodybuild. She's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, he did. He used to do the whole thing. Yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It, I did. Going from there to this whole, like to where you are now, what was, that's such a drastic switch or change, right? Going from bodybuilding to, like you went to triathlons. Yeah. What, yeah. what what made that switch so quick? What, what, what I, made just, you... I just like to try all sorts of new things. Really? Yeah, that's probably why I'll be like golfing in two years mm. instead of doing obstacle course racing. What, what are you into now? Or paddleboarding yoga. What's what's really getting you excited oh, now? Oh, wow. He was handsome. Honestly. Yeah, there he is. In the... Oh, wow. Look at yeah. this picture. How old are you right there? How'd you find that? How old are you right there? Did you just Google? Huh. I'm uh, 22. 22 years old. Oh, you no, look... So I was I was about 210, 215. But you know what? I think in that show I was about 198 because I... I, uh, um, bro, that's a good weight though. I hit stage. I hit stage yeah. at two oh three at USA. So you, we weren't that far off. And your house tall? You six what? Six two. Six two. So yeah. we're close. I'm like six two and a half. We're like. When yeah, you yeah. train for hypertrophy, you put on muscle pretty easily. Well, I've done the genetic testing mm. to determine like your fast twitch, slow twitch muscle fiber capacity, and and that's a pretty good. They've they've done some interesting studies on that. How if you're built for power or you have higher fast twitch and you train for endurance your results are not efficient at all oh really and vice versa right if so so now I'm, i read I'm i read like, that the type like one and 90, type two can you can act like you should, like the other one though they, they can but okay. if your genetics determine that you'll respond better to a certain type of training mm-hmm. you actually do respond better to that so i'm like 90 percent power so i respond really really well to like full body heavy lifts mm. And that's exactly what I don't do to prepare for endurance competition. You always train so, for the for the slow twitch stuff, the endurance right, stuff, right? Exactly. But but I'm better oriented for like power, fast twitch. But he, but it does mean that even in training for endurance, I do better if I do do the short, fast stuff. It's just it, it's in many ways not conducive to. So as soon as you start training that way, you just find your your body wants to build. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. How much do you weigh right now? One seventy five. Oh wow. Solid yeah, so that's like fence a fifth- hopping muscle, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that, I mean, once head to toe, dude. That's thirty more pounds of of beef on you right there. That's no joke. Well, I was sponsored by ABB Bodybuilding Shakes. Oh yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> well, right. Those things are fucking horrible. And what was the other? It was ABB Redline was another one. Uh, like like for for caffeine, yeah, VPX, yeah. right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And then there was a BSN bar. or yeah, then, then there was a bar. It was like a bar or a cookie that like all the gyms had. 
I forget what it was. Oh, I know what um, you're. Are you talking about the, the, the big one thousand, the big one hundred metric protein puck that tasted like chalk? Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Did you you were actually like, were you for like real sponsored by ABB or is it just because you you took all their shakes? No, I was sponsored by them for real. Yeah, they, wow. they would actually send like crates and crates of the shakes to my house. Oh, that stuff was horrible. Blue Thunder. Did you now, drink that one? Tell me where you're like instant yeah. Tell me where it's you're like, at in like in your 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 business career around this time and what what made you go this route? Like did you I, did you grow up I was well? in college, dude. Okay, like, so I, you're I was just I was just studying exercise physiology and by and and I this was on a dare. Like somebody just dared me to do a bodybuilding show with them. So oh, no I shit. started lifting more and I I didn't drink alcohol and barely ate any carbohydrates for like 6 months. No that, was, that was how I lost the weight. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Okay, so you and, were, and and ate just a crap ton of protein, high, high, high protein, low carb, low fat diet. What? How? Oh, you must have felt great. Like tuna fish out of the cans with relish. You oh, must have dude, felt amazing. Like slab of meat on the couch. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> to, total sex symbol who couldn't get a boner. Yeah, yeah. testosterone goes plummeting yeah. with. Oh, like dude, that. it's horrible. Yeah. The only other sport that could do that to you was the sport I did after that, Ironman <laughs> triathlon. <laughs> yeah. So there are a few years there. I feel like your balls take a lot of punishment. You smash them. That's true. Then you killed them with bodybuilding. And Don't then, forget he shoves flashlights up there. Well, that's that why the, that he does that now, though, with the red well, light. That, the, that was the tragic part, though. What, were, what was the other part of the question? Oh, what was, was it, what was something great that happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Wait, do you have to say the tragic part first? I can't no. even think of anything. It doesn't have oh. to be tragic that we fucking back to or erase that. It just has to be something <laughs> transformative. I think Sal, that was Guess perfect. It was great growing up as a rich, Some- spoiled kid who never got hurt, Sal, huh? <laughs> 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 hmm. Okay, so it was tragic and then something great. No, get rid of get rid of tragic, transformative moments in your, tra- in your high school life. Okay. Stuff in that your, happened when you were a high school transformative kid. Transformative was also losing my balls. Or almost losing my ball. You can't. Okay, you guys are thinking backwards. Let me help you out here. Okay. Look at yourself as men today. The habits that you have, your your fears, your insecurities, the things you love, you're passionate about, and ask yourself, what are some of the things when I was in high school that helped form that trait inside of me? Is that I, better? Is that better? I for got you guys? some. I got some. Mm. Okay. Thank so you. when I was, uh, I must have been maybe 13 years old. And my grandfather from Sicily came to visit. Um, and I think it was either the first or second time he'd been here. It was pretty cool to see him see like big overpasses on freeways and stuff. And it's not that, it, you know, Sicily's backwards or anything like that. He just never went anywhere. He stayed in a small town. He was very poor. Did he talk so when he like came, Geppetto? He didn't speak English at all, oh. actually. I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, so we took my dad worked, uh, you know, kind of construction work. Right. And so my grandfather in the summer when he came to visit, my dad had to go to work still. So my grandfather came along and my dad would take me as well, uh, to work with him. And my job was to do all the hard grunt labor. So like mix the cement, carry the buckets in, you know, wash everything or whatever. So my grandfather, who at this point is in his, I don't know, maybe late sixties is mixing cement with me and I'm watching Mm. this guy like, I mean, he's killing me. And I'm 14 years old. I work out. I'm fit. I'm healthy. And we're mixing cement back and forth. And there's a water bottle, uh, you know, next to us. But I won't stop to get the water because this old man isn't getting any water. And the whole time we're doing this, this guy is whistling the entire time. Like, whistling happy songs and having a great time. And I am absolutely dying. And when we went home that night, I just realized that, you know, it's just... they. People can work really hard, um, and we have a tremendous capacity for work, and it kind of changed my perspective of things. I had so much respect for him, but they also had a lot of respect for just the fact that you can do uh, quite a bit more than you think because, again, here's this old man that's just killing me 
in this hard labor. So that definitely you molded me. weak you are. Yep. I have mixed the cement like this all day long. See, I'm not even tired. Exactly. Do you remember how old you were? I was probably like 14. Oh, 14. So early freshman year of high yeah, school. Yeah, I was there. young. Yeah, so I was laying in a field with, with my, your balls with my balls Me and my grandfather were bonding over pain. You and your grandfather were building an amazing thing out of cement. Exactly. Ben, what was your first exactly. job? You made me feel like shit, dude. Uh, my <laughs> first job would have been working in my dad's coffee shops. Because my dad decided he was he was like a serial entrepreneur. So when I was a kid, he started off as a firefighter. You know, everything and a makes paramedic. sense when you hear his stories. Everything makes and sense. And then he started off his own ambulance transport service until the local government put him out of business because like they don't want like a competing ambulance business competing with the city's ambulance service. So then That's he started weird. like a pager and communication service because he had all this communication, like all these pagers and stuff left over from the ambulance business. And so all of us kids and I, we, we all look like drug dealers. We go over with pagers, <laughs> but it was always just our mom, like pick up eggs on the way home from tennis practice. Or, or whatever but we all had pagers and then after the pager business he started a bagel franchise and then after the bagel franchise he started ordering he built like an enormous like coffee roastery at our house which i don't know was legal or not like in terms of like zoning because <laughs> the whole neighborhood would be full of illegal coffee. coffee but we lived a little bit outside of the city so it was it was probably okay but but we would get these big like burlap bags from guatemala and costa rica and tanzania delivered to the house like every week and he would just go out there and, and roast coffee and then he started opening coffee shops and I got a job as a barista. So when I was 13, 14 years old, I was doing like 10 shots of espresso a day. No, you weren't. Yeah, totally. Really? Totally. Everything makes sense. Like I've, I've drank coffee forever. Everything makes sense. Yeah. Did, were his businesses successful or was he uh, like, like uh, successful enough to take care of the family, but was he ever, did anything ever really take off? No, nothing really ever mm. took off. Eventually he, uh, he moved to Vashon Island and became a monk. And then he quit doing that. Now he he sells uh, structured water filters mm. to like farm and agriculture facilities. Do those work? He says the cows get bigger. Really, they drink the structured water. Interesting. So, that, that's super interesting. Yeah, it, it's, he, it's he also puts Snickers and Skittles in the structured water. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Those cows just just flourish. He's all like magic. Yeah, <laughs> they drink the chocolate water. It's crazy. When, when you're okay, I want, when you're in uh, uh, homeschool, what is it like for you? Like as far as like hanging out with other kids. Now we grew up in I know an era where going outside and playing with the neighbor's kid was probably more normal than it is today. I feel like kids don't do that very often. But mm-hmm. did you go? Was there other events that you like met up with other homeschoolers? And like, did your family take you to certain things, or did you go to camps every summer to engage? Like, there's a whole community. There's a whole no, a whole community of yeah. van driving homeschoolers mm-hmm. in calico dresses, barefoot, <laughs> having lots of children in the kitchen. Um, no, I we actually like we had pretty good socialization because I I was in Idaho where you can play sports for the local schools. That's allowed. At least it was when I was homeschooled. So you could be homeschooled, but so still like, play sports. So I could, like, for the play school. tennis for the high school oh, and play basketball. Okay. Oh for the wow, high that's cool. So I had like some some sporting outlets there, and then uh, we had like really good like homeschooling group where we would go out and do field trips. You know, like rock climbing and gymnastics and like theater and art competitions and you know like all sorts of stuff. So I mean, I was still a, a geeky little homeschooler who played violin and chess and. You know, made gingerbread houses and did watercolor paintings. But. <laughs> did you did you guys take a lot of uh, like courses, or was it all done by mom? So it was 
uh, mostly curriculum because you like when when you when you're homeschooled, you can buy any any type of curriculum. Right. Like I homeschooled my kids for a few years before I I decided I was traveling so much, and my wife isn't really a teacher that it wasn't fair to them mm. to to use that model. But what my parents did was they had all these curriculums that they'd buy, and then they'd basically just give them to us. And for me, that worked really well because I've always just loved to read and be an independent learner. You're like you're probably the for, perfect kid to homeschool. Oh, well, just like, I was. You're just like here. My siblings kind of got screwed because they like a lot of them. Like they didn't. They didn't really want to read the books or, or do the work. They needed like more hands on, mm-hmm. like tutoring and teaching. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of it was really hands off. It was just like yeah, read this, learn it, and take the test, and and I wound up getting you know fantastic you know SAT scores and and I was just gonna say in order to get into college, then you yeah. have to take certain yeah, you gotta, tests. Yeah, right? take the tests. I, I forget what they are. So yeah. obviously, if you did yeah. your kids some years and probably would have if you weren't traveling so much, you're a huge fan of it for sure. You can tell the way you talk about it. Anything uh, kind of. I mean, yeah. Like, tell like me what, what you. What, what I'm a fan of is outsourcing the things that are best left to the experts to the experts, and then doing a little bit of unschooling and homeschooling yourself. Meaning that, like, my kids go to a cool school now where they can learn like how to program Lego robots, and they're learning Spanish and Chinese, and learning how to play all these different African instruments. All, all these things that I never probably would go out of my way to teach them. Plus, they're learning how to play well with others, how to be a good team player, mm-hmm. how to cooperate with others. Things I I actually was really pretty shitty at when I when I got out of homeschooling. Like I had to learn all that stuff late in life. When did you recognize I was that? like an independent? You know, all I wanted to do was lead. As soon as I got to college, you did. And, I re- and when you get stuck, like you're you're in a team of five people to complete some task, right? And you realize like unless you're leading every single part of it, you're unhappy and you don't trust anybody to do any of the work except yourself. And you want to micromanage everything. And I and I still have to deal with that. And, and, you know, part of it might be personality, but then I think part of it is I just didn't really grow up cooperating with, with a team of peers around me. So I think it's, it's good for a child to be put in that situation. I think it's good to have tutors or have a private school or have some type of a, some type of a school setting. Right. And, and there's some people that are even doing like freaking like forest school. Uh, the few- but then you have those, those things that you want to teach your kids mm-hmm. when they get home from school. Like your job is to homeschool them, unschool them. You know, I work with my kids on wilderness survival and foraging and shooting the bow and entrepreneurship and cooking and all the things that they're not learning at school. And all you know, they they always have the option on whether or not they actually want to be homeschooled or go to school. And I would love, like, once they get you know up to fifth or sixth grade, for them to just branch off and you know start doing their own thing. Oh, dude! But I, but that's up to them, right? I can tell you right now. When we came to your house and we had the first time we met, one of the things that everybody, as soon as we all walked out, like everybody was like, "Oh my god, he's like super dad!" Like his kids, and you could you could tell by your kids' mannerisms, the way they look at you, the way they respond to you, the relationship that you've built with them, and then you can just see how intelligent they are too. I mean, it's it was pretty cool. Well, I put to, the fear of God in them and hang them in the cages for a little while before company comes over. It's not like sure it's not like that whatsoever. Yeah. It's in fact you it's it's Boy. exactly what you're saying is all that that, that time. <laughs> it's crazy to think beating. somebody like you is as much as you're flying and doing things and you've got and I know you handle a lot of your business all by yourself. So I feel like to still make time as a father to do those things that's a that's a big fucking deal. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of men that are as success, as successful as you are that still are are managing their their home life that well. Also, it was pretty. And that was something that we all noticed right away. It yeah, was that I we think said was, if you enjoy it, you know, you enjoy doing those things with your kids, then they just they just happen. Oh, but thanks. you know, all I remember is you said I had ugly hands. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> big. They're big yeah. hands. Big. Uh, I think um, the, that's the future of education. I really, I think that's the future anyway. Is where you're going to just have facilitators, uh, people who are going to facilitate the learning through different, you know, means. Uh, you know, kind of like what he was talking about, like. People, I think they get the, and I don't oh, homeschool. Maybe, dude, but maybe the future of education is VR and AI, right? Like, there's there's that possibility too, which I actually don't really like the idea of. But you learn just about everything through a virtual headset and through artificial intelligence that gave God, you imagine. progress along it's, the way. And I like uh, have. I'm, I well, know. I know this sounds alarmist, but just like having. Uh, electrical pollution and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi next to your head all day long as you learn. And interacting with the computer, like mm-hmm. like for your entire education, I, like I would, I would rather my kids be in like well as as, as far as the dangers of the devices themselves um, are concerned. I think we'll figure that out. I think we'll definitely figure that part out. Now, the real question is: uh, is the destination the goal, or is the journey uh, a big part of it? And what I mean by that is, you know, you you someone can just give you answers to things. Uh, and you'll learn something from that because you'll learn the answer. But then you learn a lot also from finding the answers, the, the journey that goes along. It's it's almost like when people talk about like um, you know reaching enlightenment, and you've got you know monks talking about meditating for decades, and then you've got other people saying, "Well, I just take psychedelics and I can see the same thing." And then they do brain imaging, and they're like, "Oh, it is yeah, the same neural thing." Feedback, or- it, right? And yeah. I, and I think that some parts of it are, and I think a lot of parts of them aren't. I mean, there's a lot that comes from the enti- the process. Of learning the trials and tribulations, the dedication, the you know learning how to you know uh, mold your life because you have this particular goal or whatever. So as far as learning is concerned, um, you know we can create shortcuts and we'll we'll know things, but I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot that I've learned in the pursuit of trying to learn or figure out the answer to something. Um, you know, going to a library. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've researched a, a subject, but I've read read so many other things because of the kind of the web of knowledge that it leads you yeah. down. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I, I think that um, we'll see what happens. I think really the I mean, if you're going to go experiential learn, I mean, and and even the idea that back when I wanted to learn something, I'd go to the library and go to that section of the library where all the books about that particular topic were and I'd have to leaf through the books and look through books that happened to be beside that book and and just delve very deeply into the topic mm-hmm. versus being able to just like laser target something on Google. Well, yeah, Google well, I mean, Google or TED Talks or Wikipedia experience. now is so well, great. Now granted you can go down a rabbit hole on the internet just like you can go down a rabbit sure. hole in a library. But it, yeah, j- just that process of having to hunt down the answer Look, in a library. Was, here's the here's the deal. Like education. if I'm if I'm reading on the internet, like I'm in my room and I can boom click and I, I've got all this information and that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. But the process of going to the library, the pre- the preparation that goes into this is a mental one. Like I'm driving there, I'm going to this place with all this knowledge. I'm here to learn. I'm in this space. It's the reason why uh, churches exist. Uh, it's the, you know. Uh, it's the reason why people go to places of worship and meditation. It's not you can do that anywhere, but when you have that dedicated space, there's something that comes with that the journey to get there. And I think that you have to value both. Uh, like I said, I'm not. I don't want to demonize um, technology because I think it's fantastic, but I also think the journey is extremely important. You mean sitting in a dark basement watching porn is different than going to a coffee shop to talk to a pretty girl? Definitely, very, very different. but they're both valuable. It's they up. both got value. They've got both got value to them. So, but yeah, uh, you know, I think is uh, 
it's like it's like this. Like they look at statistics with people who go to college versus people who don't, and they say if you go to college, you earn this much more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say it's because oh, it's because they went to college, but they don't factor they don't factor out the part that people who tend to go to college also tend to be a little more serious about what they're doing. So part of the reason why they may be more successful is they're willing to go through the journey, not necessarily the degree itself. Because I know lots of entrepreneurs who are very, very successful who didn't go to college but pursued that also on their own. They just didn't yeah. have that structured thing or whatever. Right. So it's, that's kind of you know a little bit of the comparison I'm trying to make. So, But I mean, moving ahead, I think uh, we're going to learn quite a bit from the homeschool. And that's a movement right now that's growing. Uh, very rapidly. It is it's homes- actually homeschooling. Unschooling is another one where it's a where huge like, movement. Like yeah, it used to be very fringe, but now it's very, very big. And there's certain things that come from it that we can learn from. Like one of the things that I learned, which didn't even dawn on me until I, I had some clients who homeschooled their uh, their kid, and uh, you know they kind of educated me, was how one of the things we do in schools is we put kids in the same classrooms that are all the same age. Mm-hmm. So like if you're six and you're in the same grade, if you're seven, you're in the same grade, and so on. And that's actually not optimal for learning. It yeah. actually encourages um, bullying. It doesn't chronological teach... snobbery. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they, like like really wanting to only interact with your peers, having difficulty. You know, if, for me, like I actually for a very long time got along quite quite well with adults. Yes, like people who are a lot older, and I didn't actually do that well with with my peers as well as I did with with people who were a lot older because you were always around adults. Well, around adults a lot more than if I would have been in public school. That's yeah, right. So absolutely. one thing we can learn from homeschooling there is to do put classrooms and have kids of different ages. And again, there's a facilitator that's facilitating the education so each child can learn at a different rate. But what they a find- one-room schoolhouse. I'm sorry? With a blackboard. Yeah, exactly. And a teacher up front with the switch where yeah. she hits you on the hand. <laughs> Very motivating. <laughs> Kid in the corner with the dunce cap. But they, fi- they find when they do this, this model. older kids become like protective of the younger kids and they kind of police the classroom. Well, it makes, it makes and, total yeah. it makes It really makes, yeah. worked for Abraham Lincoln. So. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it makes total sense. You know, Ben, you talked about uh, you know some of the drawbacks of being homeschooled and the working with others. When was the last time that you noticed that in your adult life that uh were a relationship where you're like fuck looking back i i probably didn't handle that the best because i have a hard time with that like do you still see that surface oh all the time i mean even even right now i was telling sal in the car like i'm really working hard on on building a little bit bigger brand right now you know like like you know tomorrow we're we're launching an energy bar for my website and i wanted to write all the copy all the emails all the post you know and i did wind up doing a great deal of that because and i paint myself into this corner where i'm just like having to work my ass off because i don't trust anybody else to do it or, oh, or wow. i'll see what somebody else will write i'm like nah sorry that's that's not my baby I, that's that's not how i would have written it and so i i do really want to manage like everything myself and it's hard for me being able to build a team and scale my business still wanting to just do a lot of that myself and even honestly you know something that i've had to work on a lot is just company culture right mm-hmm. like like i'm so happy just doing things by myself sometimes i forget that you know i need to actually talk and and get to know the, <laughs> my employees <laughs> the social media manager and the coo and the person who's doing tech and the it person like 
I need to actually, you know, interact with these people, you know, on on a daily basis when I'm just so used to just being. Well, I can imagine that you you probably assume just instinctually that they'll just do that. Like they're just going to do work. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you manage my social media. You sit over there and just do it because that's what I would do. That's probably what happens. I'm extreme. Like, if if, (laughs) have you guys ever done an enneagram personality type? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great. I mean, anybody listening is it's like eleven, twelve bucks. You go take this personality typing test. It's called an enneagram. Super accurate. You you learn a ton about yourself and how you tick and mm-hmm. how you interact with others. What, you can send the results to other people. I can't to remember teach what them type I was. How to remember. interact with you? Well, I am like the most extreme end of self-driven achiever that you can get to. Like mm-hmm. like the most extreme end. Like like I will just take something and, and want to do it all myself and need nobody to ever talk to me to follow up and, and see if I'm actually doing super self motivated. And so I just you know I, I fall into that trap sometimes of assuming. That everybody's like everybody's like everybody's like a, a self driven you know person who just wakes up wanting to to conquer the world every morning, which is how I wake up. Yeah. I hate to I hate to break it to you, dude. Most people aren't like that. It's weird. It's it's <laughs> it's also uh, it can be pretty limiting though, right? Because like you're saying, it's tough to. Yeah. You're limited no, but, by but your I, own physical ability. Like, like my wife and I, we were talking about this at, at, at dinner too. Like we're like yin and yang, right? Like she doesn't take supplements and she doesn't have like a workout regimen and, and she doesn't care about, you know, any of the, the biohacks or, you know, she's never even listened to one of my podcasts. But, so great. but I see her, you know, she'll like at five o'clock, she'll be out in the porch for two hours, sipping a glass of wine, sitting on the hammock, watching the trees. And I'm like, that is a foreign concept to me just to be, like i would be out there for five minutes and i'd be like well what you want to do i gotta do i'm gonna go i gotta check this i gotta go okay i got a project downstairs i'll see you i finish my wine bye and i'm like that's that's just so when, I, when I you operate. how do you meditate then very carefully <laughs> um no it's, no even even meditation is difficult like i like it has the to kind, be for a purpose like the kind of meditation that draws me you know, kundalini or moving meditation or even like candle meditation where I'm just watching something flicker and glow, just closing my, like I did TM. TM was really hard for me where you're just there with you and your mantra and your eyes closed and you're not focusing on your breath. For and hours. Like, you've got the mantra, but that's about it. And that kind of sort of distracts you. But yeah, it's tough. Gosh, man. That's like, we're all very similar when yeah. it comes to that though. Yeah. I mean, every, well, it's different. It's, uh, I, do you think is this what drives you to do all the biohacking because you're limited by because I mean you do do a lot I've actually nah, the, only one other person I've met who I would kind of Craig is like that Craig does a lot of shit on his own too right yeah super super hard working yeah uh, but you're limited you're limited by your physical ability um, you can't possibly do everything do you, you want to do, do you so. turn over a lot of employees have you do you go through no. a lot no I, I don't go through a lot of employees at, at all actually and it's it's because I'm a people pleaser like I, like I, I just, I, I like, you people. don't fire up. No, I, I don't, I don't, I, I figure out a way I've, I've probably ever fired. I think one person. Oh, wow. Ever. Yeah. In oh, 10 wow. years. So what if they suck really, they had to, they had to suck really bad for you right. to fire them. Right. No, I, I have this process where I just gradually make them realize over the course of time that they suck so bad that they should probably quit. <laughs> God, that's, you that's so inefficient. Again. You messed up Just again. fire them. You messed up again. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah is it, what, what was your question you uh, is the, that what drives you oh the, bio, the biohacking. biohacking no here's here's what drives the biohacking and you guys are going to realize this as fitness podcasters you talk about this oh, I already, we already that. know what you're going to say Justin about, and I just talked about this because yeah. eventually you're like you Eventu- run out of shit so eventually you're, you're like I talked about barbells three years ago and I talked about how to do a kettlebell swing 
and I talked about uh, you know the values of a complete amino acid profile. And then you get to the point where, well, gosh, what else is there to cover in fitness? And then you're like, maybe I'll talk about your circadian rhythm. Yeah. I'll just, and then and they're like, oh, I talked about the circadian rhythm. And, and by the way, there are special glasses that you can wear <laughs> and they're called blue light blocking glasses. And then you're like, oh, I just went down that rabbit hole. And, and you've got that biohack. And then somebody's like, oh, I heard your podcast on blue light blocking glasses. And I have this brand new 10,000 Lux special light producing earbud I want to send you to check out. And they send that to you and you're like, wow, this this is cool. This worked. Maybe I'll mention this on my podcast. So you do that. And then there's some other person's like, oh, hey, I have some new form of coffee that I've infused with, with whatever. I want to send this to you to try because I see now that you talk about some interesting things and, and then you get that and you're talking all of a sudden about like smart drugs and neutral. Next and thing you know, like, you got lights in your ears. You got this is exactly, the next thing you know, you're doing coffee enemas in Thailand. So <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what Justin and I talked about the other day. We're like, you Slip know what? I bet slow. you, I bet you Ben was not like that when he first started. I bet he was talked about a lot of the same things we do, but at one point you just, you keep reaching. If you watch the evolution of the, the stuff that we were talking about, just two years ago sure. and now it's oh yeah you see I mean, but like, you also like evolved a, as a host you know that's and part i of did it a q a like i've done i've done q a for 10 years you structure your podcast based on the questions that people are asking and the way that we always do it is i will tell the person who now goes in and picks the like questions that will answer on the show and stuff like that i tell them try not to choose questions that cover things that we've already talked about on previous shows instead just tell that person hey go listen to podcasts so x like, y or yeah. z tell us about the best so now, workout yeah, now, and the questions per- just get more and more fringe yeah. every year but it's kind of cool because it keeps me educating myself too when i get a question i don't know the, the answer to and i have to figure out what the answer is I mean, you actually you you get a very targeted education that's precise to what your audience wants. And have you about. have you ever shared this with your audience? What you're sharing right now? Because I oh, think yeah. Cause, okay, cause yeah. I think that's really cool yeah. because I think somebody, probably not enough because you get call up people like oh I listened to your podcast eight years ago and you were talking about muscle fiber types but I tuned in today and you were discussing dick shocking. <laughs> I'm no longer going to listen to your show. It's gotten really weird. And and you know so so yeah, I mean it's, it's something that that I think more people should realize is like you know with podcasting every time you record one it's out there forever. And there's this thing called Google and you could Google like, you know, my name or your guys's name and whatever topic that you want to know about and see if someone's actually covered it. How before. many total episodes have you recorded? Because you've been on air for like what, nine years. Oh, over a thousand easily. You've been on for nine years, easily. right? If you've been pod- 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. Which is, a, that's like ancient in podcast world. You're probably one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. How did people access it back then? Just website? No, the covered wagon. Okay. And one of those little styrofoam cups with the wire coming out the side of it. Uh, no, it was, it was uh, like I had to like like write the RSS feed and submit that to iTunes, and it it was it was a pain. It'd break all the time, and it, it was it was like it was not a smooth process. What podcasting. were you, what were you doing for work at that time? I was a personal trainer. Okay, so you were personal yeah. in a gym yeah. privately. What were you doing? Oh, well, I owned all my own gyms for seven years. That, that's all I did out of college was I ran gyms and personal training studios. And the way that I ran them was I bought the nicest equipment. So I had indirect calorimetry equipment, high-speed video cameras, platelet-rich plasma machines. Like I was the complete geek of fitness. And I partnered up with local physicians. They would send me their patients because they knew that I was the guy to send people to when they wanted good treatment that nobody else was able to get. 
and they wanted results that these people weren't getting from other personal trainers. And I did that. Like, like that was that was my shtick, right? How the hell did you afford that out of college? I bought it. I under I under I understood the value of investing. And when I came out of college, I didn't have a lot of debt because I worked five jobs in college. So I had a lot of money saved up. And, you know, I, I remember I, I, would, I paid I paid med graphics $14,000 when I first started a gym just to buy the indirect calorimetry equipment. What? And then I set up all the high speed video cameras. So I had all this stuff. But what I did was I partnered with Docs. Dude, you wait. So you got to stop right they, there. You got to tell me what's going through your head at that age to have the foresight to see, to even invest in something like that. Were you 18, 19 I years old, be, 20 I years be old? The, I wanted to be the best of the best. At that so, moment, so 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 you all, never all went out. You never went college. out. You never went out and partied or any of that stuff in college. You just oh yeah, I totally did. But all through college, oh, I was okay. a personal trainer. Hmm. I had a lot of jobs. I, I was very very driven. You know, because because I, I was also homeschooled, so I didn't know it was normal, right? So I, you know, I, I I did party, but I also studied my ass off. Took a ton of credits. Um, worked a lot and held down a job as a personal trainer all through college as well. So when I graduated college and started working at a gym and then eventually branched off after about a year and started all my own gyms and studios, I had a different mindset. I had, I had money. I wanted to invest it in what I was doing. And I, I really had this, you know, I, I did a podcast with uh, Neil Strauss on my show about how the way I grew up was like the Greenfields had to, had to be like the best of the best. Mm. Like that was like the way that I was raised was we had to get like the best test scores and we had to, you know, like, like, um, everything like spelling had to be perfect and reading had to be perfect. Just, just everything was now, how are you measuring that as a homeschooler? Is it, do you, when you're by some, some of it's standardized, you're you're just kicking your little sister's ass. I mean, who are you really beating up on? And part, part of it is, is literally just like mom with a red pen. I mean, like, like that's, that's part of it as well. Mm. Like, like my parents expected a lot out of us. And okay. so now it worked I, on you. Did it work on your siblings too? Did they also not so much? Mm-hmm. No, it, I think part of it for me was just my personality type. Yeah. Cause I could see that method being very effective for some people. Right. And, but yeah. also be very ineffective for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it, it didn't work that well. My sister, like my sister worked pretty well on, but then, you know, I've, I've got another sister and two brothers that I don't think that approach. Wow. So you, well so you, you, you leave college, you've got money saved up because mm-hmm. you worked five jobs. You buy all this equipment and you start these gyms where doctors refer you right. patients. That, so you're doing a lot of I rehab. I was primarily working with with patients, and I was working with athletes, right? Because I, I was racing as an Ironman triathlete at the time, so everyone in the triathlon community knew me. And triathletes, frankly, have a high disposable income. I mean, mm-hmm. like the average income of a triathlete is like $171,000 or mm-hmm. something like that. Like it's an expensive it's, sport. It's crazy. Yeah, spandex is expensive. I did, yeah, not, know, I did not know that. Well, oh, yeah, their yeah. bikes are super expensive. Well, I, their I knew, training I, no, I knew it was a lot expensive, but I didn't know that was it was that much of a... It's high. Yeah, yeah wow. The divorce rate is really high, too. Um, <laughs> anyways, though, so it was primarily triathletes and other like professional endurance athletes for the most part like you know 40 to 60 year old demographic disposable income loves to exercise wants the best of the best and then also all the patients that physicians are referring to me and a couple of physicians in the community nominated me at to for the nsca as america's top personal trainer like their their national personal trainer of the year award when i won that that's when i started doing more speaking more traveling more writing more freelancing and I gradually got out of the gym scene and started doing more what I do now, which is you know, basically. Were you were you nervous media. on your first like public big speech? There, no. Like I I was in in theater all through homeschooling, oh, all through high school. I competed on the on the college speech and debate team. 
So I was on stage all the time for that. So no, so it wasn't it was, a big deal at all. No, it, it was it was pretty. And you guys know personal training. I mean, you're you're hanging out with people, right. and talking all the time. Anyway, right. So yeah. Any well, so then anything that you see from the homeschool that uh, you already said, like working with others. Anything else that like, you have a fear of that you, that's a challenge that you are always having to work. Yeah. On? What do you suck at? Mm. I know. We just talked about everything what, you fucking what, are good what at. Is, what does homeschooling make you suck gonna, at? No, no, no. What do you uh, suck at? Well, yeah, you personally. He's all nothing. He's I suck at sucking. <laughs> yeah, honest, honestly, a, a big part of it still is that, like, like doing a really good job um, making friends, right? Not being do you a have complete a, lone do you wolf. Have a, do you have a best friend? Not really. No. Well, no, me, like, besides me, so, so we I'm, became best friends. Really. I'm very introverted. So. I, I, have a, I have a ton of acquaintances. I don't have, like a, like, a best friend that I just you know, call up on the phone, bro. And, and chat with like, did, prob- did you- probably my, I, I know this sounds lame, but like my best friend right now is my wife. Oh, like, that's, that's, that's not yeah, lame. That's it, cool. That yeah. should be that. Yeah. Way. But well, yeah, but you should have a second best yeah, friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, like things like that, you know, um, and part of that too is, is I just spend so much time traveling and speaking and, you know, being with a whole bunch of acquaintances, but never being, like settled down enough at home to have like that best friend on the home front who I hang out with. Yeah. So, so because yeah. of that, do you catch yourself like in, in uh, like conversations or, or potential relationship moments like that you get nervous or feel different or you don't act completely yourself? Do you feel that ever? Oh yeah. Yeah. And usually it's one-on-one situations with, with other, usually like other guys, peers, like people, like just because growing up, that was one of the situations I wasn't in a lot. Give me a stupid thing you've like, done. Then I know you've done something. You've embarrassed yourself, and you were like, "Fuck, Ben, why would I say something stupid like that?" <laughs> no, not no. Don't not, bullshit me. No, no, really. I mean, we, already, not, we not stroked you off for a not, half hour. Not I want to hear that something. so much as just like just just awkwardness, like like really having a hard time having like one on one heart to heart conversations. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't do well. Like you know, even when I'm like at masterminds and stuff like that, where they 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 send you off one on one to you know pour your heart and your feelings with other guys that kind of like i just yeah that's something i've I've never really been that great at so that's i think and i think part of that is is homeschooling part of it is i'm i'm an extreme introvert as well so i I recharge by being by myself i'm very good at like you know there's a book called power of introverts by susan kane and it's a really good book but it goes into how introverts are really good at uh like one to many like like being on stage, speaking, doing things like that, but like one on one or in very small groups at like cocktail parties, stuff like that, they're not so great at. Mm. And I think that comes out that of being, engagement, that, that come out of being homeschooled, come out of being like a like a self driven like high achiever type. I think kind of makes me uh, suck at making friends, like like close friends one on one. Did that make uh, interviewing at all challenging? Then because that's kind of like that, right? Like when you first started, was that? Did you notice that was a major hurdle where you would have to have this dialogue back and forth, or were you very formulaic when you first started? Like you had these questions you were going to ask, like. What was that? Do you mean me interviewing people or Yeah, you interviewing people? Oh, you, mean, that- you mean for podcasts? Yeah. No, that that was never that hard for me to just it- sit back and ask questions cuz a lot of my podcasts are based on books, right? I read voraciously. I I read, you know, 3 to 5 books a week and I'm constantly underlining and highlighting and then contacting those people and getting them on the show. So for me it's super easy. I'm I'm literally just like talking to that author i might not even know what they look like right sometimes it's a skype conversation it's just like this imaginary conversation almost with the person who i have a bunch of underlines and highlights in front of me for um you know at the same time though like like one-on-one face-to-face interviews those can sometimes be a little awkward for me 
means oh, yeah. it's still still something I'm working on. That's what I'm. That's what I was wondering. I actually peed my pants twice so far just sitting here Stupid. talking with you guys. You're, I, yeah, I think Justin's chair though. It's Justin's so, chair. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was the totally funny chair. totally normal. Yeah. So do you uh, do you notice because I know the uh, you have uh, the was it the the Brotherhood which is a bunch of entrepreneurs businessmen that you know Shh, uh, not supposed to talk about that. Oh, is it? Oh, it's the a group secret. that we're not supposed that's to. A secret. The secret. Well, the, we'll call it the secret group. Ah, yes, thanks. The, the secret. <laughs> the mark, secret. mark that down for edit. Doug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Secret group, uh, is there? Um, do you feel like that's helped, or do you feel like those guys you've yeah. gotten closer and tied to? I mean, because yeah. you've been doing that for a while now, right? Totally. How long? Yeah, uh, can you, can you like say? five years. Okay, so yeah. five years. Yeah, and that's true. Like, like being part of like a mastermind, a group of of like minded guys, right? That helps a lot. But I guess like like for me, when you say friend, like sometimes I think of like being at home in Spokane, Washington. Who's that guy I'm going to call up to like play frisbee? or go paddleboarding with or yeah. just like come hang out and and that's that's like the the thing that I haven't really built still. Yeah. You know? It's you know it's hard to when we're all grown ass men and we're yes. in our lives now so I'll mm-hmm. I have I have two childhood best friends Justin and Jared that we go all the way back to elementary school. And to you me mean Justin from Mindpub? No, different no, Justin? different Justin. And then I have just a ton of like acquaintances and then some good friends. And there's definitely a difference between all three of them. There's a difference between my acquaintances. There's a difference between my good friends like that I've made as an adult. And then there's a difference between like my childhood friends. And my childhood friends, the, the neatest thing about those friends or making those types of relationships is literally uh, we can sit in a room and actually not speak to each other. And it'd be comfortable and normal. Where then if I'm with like good friends... We kind of need to be doing something, but we, we're easygoing and whatever you want to do, I'm down to do. And we have good conversation. We laugh. We joke. And then you have your acquaintances, which I know all of us have quite a few that, you know, when we're in the business that we are, we meet people all the time and lots of times are like minded people that we like hanging out with. So there's definitely different levels to there the- are. And, but I'll tell you what, yeah. I mean, those childhood friends that you develop, they, they get very close. They known you for a very long time. They know things you've done and ways you've thought. Um, which is great, uh, but there's also a downside to that. Of course, as you grow as a as an individual, um, sometimes it's very difficult to be who you are now with someone who's known you when you were something else or when you were a certain way. Because you know everybody, like I said, everybody grows and changes, and so it can also make it very difficult. Which is why I think you'll find yourself having, you know, different friends along the way. Like there's definitely people I've grown up with that. I mean, if I'm going to cry, those are the people that are going to see me, you know, cry. But if, but at the same time, I'm a growth-minded individual, and I change all the time, and I'm always talking about something different. I'm always obsessed or passionate about a new subject, and sometimes it's very difficult to do that with some of those old friends because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, there you go again, or well, whatever. That, that's like those are so, and you do, you can as an adult, and it took me a long time to figure this out, and I felt like that kind of slowed me up a bit because at one point. You know, I I kind of went a different direction, but so we're all still very close and like mm-hmm. family and see each other when we we you know and have a great time when we when we do. But there are different you know types of friends and levels, and they're all important. I think healthy, but it is tough as a as a grown man at our age to you know meet another man and get like become best friends. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, most of them have married kids, wife. They're they're not even making enough time for their wives and kids, and they got work. You know, sixty, seventy hours a week, and it's like yeah. I when, mean, I I I don't know what the statistic was that I read, but it was something along the lines of even in an era of Facebook and social media and extreme connectiveness, loneliness is one of the major leading causes of depression. 
even in our hyper-connected era. And it's possibly, you know, because of that, like we all live very fast-moving lives. We're all extremely connected virtually. But how often are we just like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder well, if it's because sitting t- on a fishing boat, you know, mm-hmm. next to some guy, and and I don't, I don't know, is that is that how is that how friends work? Well, <laughs> so we sit on fishing boats. <laughs> I don't know. He's new at this. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's new at he's this. You go, you want to go fish on my fishing boat? <laughs> yeah, let's go throw a frisbee. In, yeah. So he, uh, the, Here my boy. theory on my theory on that is we're hyper connected. We can share ideas and information better than ever, but the way you really form bonds has to do with sharing emotion and experience. Um, and you'll find this with like men who go to war with other men, for example, the bond that they create with each other is, um, I mean, uh, it's like nothing else. Um, or if you've been on a sports team and you guys, you know, played very hard and you've won hard battles together and you lost together, that'll form incredible, you know, uh, incredible bonds or just traumatic experiences or amazing experiences. Those are the things that create those bonds and, because we're so fast paced and you know we don't necessarily sit there and experience things as much um that could be probably what i would say with the, you know that's causing yeah. it but i yeah. think we should probably all go to prison or join sports teams more <laughs> let's, all, let's all kill someone together but i think um you know i think in ter- and it's it's harder for men right because society makes it easier for women to show and connect through emotion and it makes it very difficult for men like it's hard to sit here and talk to another guy you just met and you, even though you guys are cool and you're kind of like, oh, we're, we can be great fans, you're not going to share like super emotional, deep things with them because we're we're brought up to believe that that's just not, you know, you just don't do that as a guy. I don't know. I didn't so tell you about more my difficult. balls. <laughs> exactly. It'd be interesting. I mean, we, we, do have a, we do have a studio audience of females listening we do. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they're all not listening they're, anymore. They're all on their phones <laughs> yeah, they're like playing Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What about your wife then? Is she, does she have a lot of friends? She actually does. Yeah. 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 She does. But she's, you know, again, we're like, we're yin and yang. Like she's extremely extroverted. And, you know, like when I go home, I'm content to sit at home in my underwear and do absolutely nothing but hang out with my kids and like, you know, work a little bit and chill, you know, do, do some workouts, play the guitar mm-hmm. and, you know, she, but she wants to go out. Does that, right? and, does that make you friends. a shitty uh, double dater? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, but but yeah, she's got a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you were on a double date? Uh, I don't know. I I honestly don't even know. Oh, dude, you are yeah. shitty. Yeah. yeah, bring her out next time, man. We're all go out <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah, I'll have to bring her down. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Do you find? Because um, I think you're a phenomenal father. I've seen. You Actually, we were, we were on a triple date the other night. Did you? We, we were at a, we were at a, uh, uh, like a, like a health event in Carmel. Like sometimes I'll fly her into different events. Like oh, there that. you so go. It was a triple day. It was me, uh, uh, other podcasters, uh, Chris Kelly and his wife, they were in the nourish balance thrive podcast. And then Dave Asprey and his wife. So it was a triple date. Mm. Oh no shit. Very, I didn't, very, very geeky table. I didn't know you hung out with Dave before. I knew you knew yeah. him. I didn't know you guys actually hung out like yeah. that. Is yeah. that the first time where you hung out with him before? No, we, we get around at a lot of the same events. So I don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. He had like yeah. the biggest booth. I have, uh, at I, have the blue light, I have blue light blocking glass jealousy though. His Why? are always cooler than mine. Is he wearing them all the time? No, they're just cooler. They're okay. always more more cutting. You're not edge. supposed to wear them during yeah. the day, by the way. Ben taught me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when we brought it up at Paleo FX. That was pretty funny. <laughs> People walking around like ski goggle size blue light blocking glasses <laughs> yeah. at the middle noon. of the day. Noon. Yeah. Granted, the lights were bright. 
So yeah. they well, and those yeah. those those type of lights are uh, are not good for you, right? I mean, those floor those old fluorescent fluorescent lights, right? That's the, that's the word on. Actually, they do they do cause a lot of glare. They flicker, and our eyes, you know, it's it's you know, like I, like I mentioned at dinner, like mm-hmm. the human body has not evolved to a certain extent to deal with a lot of of modern assailants, you know, such as like you know modern lighting, for example. So. Yeah, Ben. What what are you finding like super cool right now? Like, what are you learning uh, about at this moment? Hmm. What am I learning about? Uh, that's a that's an interesting question. Uh, probably one thing I've been uh, uh when, when you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is what books have I been reading? Mm-hmm. And the the two that I've just finished, uh, the the two that I read flying over from Bulgaria because I didn't realize they confiscate your laptop when you fly to Turkey. There's like 12 countries you can't fly into the U.S. and have your laptop on the plane because apparently you can hide a bomb inside a laptop. Mm-hmm. So oh, they shit. take the laptop. So usually I'll write on a plane. But what I did on this on this last plane ride a couple of days ago is I just read instead. The two books were uh, one on the Russian practice of uh, Sistema, which is a form uh, of martial breath art. work. Yeah, and martial arts. It's really fascinating. Very simple. Uh, but you know, just, just a, a series of like sit-ups, levers, push-ups, and squats while doing certain breathing patterns, such as in through the nose, like, like for, for two push-ups for the first push-up, you just go in through your nose, hold for a count out through the mouth. And then the next push-up you, you do that again, like on one breath and then you proceed up to being able to do seven on one breath and then back down the ladder from seven down to one. Then you repeat with like a specific version of a squat, like a wall facing squat and then a, a lever and then there's a bunch of like tumbling movements. It's really interesting. I want to actually find a, a gym up in Spokane mm. that does this. Now, what do you find interesting about it? Just because it's is it different or is it because it's uh, combining like, breath I, with activity? I, I like breath work and body weight training. I you know, I, I love I love the idea so of talk, know, like, the, talk, like the Wim Hof fire breathing where you where you'll breathe up, you'll retain a bunch of CO two or you'll blow off a bunch of CO two, and then you'll do like a set of thirty push ups with your breath held. Like I, I and honestly, my infatuation with it is I just love the way that the body feels. I like some of the evidence that you get in terms of of you know blood flow. But how does it and, feel? Know, in that case, Explain like how it feels. Inside. You get a rush. You get you get like this nitric oxide rush. It's like a it's like a like a head rush. So walk me rush. through that real quick. Yeah. I want to try that. So what do you do? You, you... So like the Wim Hof style breathing okay. would be, for example, you would breathe really fast, sh- uh, sharp, deep inhales, and then short, shallow exhales through the nose for like sixty seconds. So it'd be like. <laughs> Okay. breathing from the belly in, in yoga would be called like fire breathing or yogi breathing then at the very end you exhale all your air and when you've done that you've blown off a lot of co2 and then you breathe everything in you hold for a deep breath and then you just crank out as many bodyweight exercises as you can or you get into a cold shower you know jump into cold water because you get this nitric oxide release as you blow off all that co2 so it's just hyper oxygenating you is yeah. that what it's doing yep exactly very interesting yeah it's and it's also dangerous i mean you know co2 for <laughs> it's example also dangerous. yeah co2 is like your body's uh signal to breathe right and some people will do this then they'll go like do hypoxic underwater swimming and get shallow water blackout because they don't have carbon dioxide, the body signal to breathe in high enough amounts to remind them to breathe when they're underwater. And they die. But, but you can hold your breath longer, right? Like a lot of free divers will do this as a breath hold tactic, but you also increase your chances of dying. So it's it's you know it's, it's risky to do in certain so scenarios. So you, like, do, you don't do the like push-ups underwater. underwater then? I don't do my push-ups underwater, mm. no. So Sistema Breathing was one, or, or, or Sistema, and that book was called Let Every Breath. 
Uh, and, and I've just been doing that, you know, in my hotel room and, you know, just, just a little bit of body weight training the past mm-hmm. couple of days, experimenting with it, I did a little bit of the back of the airplane. Um, and then the other one was a book about basically how the body is a battery. There's a really good book called the body electric by Robert Becker about the electrochemical potential, you know, across the cell membranes and how, Different things can affect that. Everything from you know exposure to negative ions from the water, from forest, or you know exposure to household appliances, you know Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, stuff like that. But this book is called uh, it, it was something like "Healing is Voltage," I think is the name of it. Mm. And all it's like six hundred pages that goes into how different frequencies affect the human body. It's really interesting. Wow! So yeah. well, that's pretty fascinating. You're probably you're going to interview some of these authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I like that's that's my MO. Like like honestly, you guys know this. That's a cool part about being a podcaster. If if that's the way that you want to go, like more of an educational podcast is you read just extremely fucking cool books yeah. and then you contact these folks and you interview them. Mm. I mean, do you uh do you turn your Wi-Fi off at home at night? I don't have Wi-Fi. You don't Oh, that's right. It's all yeah. hardwired. Huh? Everything's hardwired. Yeah. yeah, see, we, it annoys we, me like you can't access the internet without plugging your computer in with a metal shielded like physical ethernet cable. Yeah, see, when we interviewed Mercola, he, like, scared the shit out of us talking about this. Oh, yeah, that that cat, like, when you call him on his phone, he answers with his selfie stick (laughs) to make sure the phone's far enough away from his body. Because legit, he's saying it's a cancer risk. And he actually is, like, I sound like I'm making fun of him, but he's extremely smart. He talks with, like, nuclear physicists and stuff about this Mm -hmm. shit. And, like, he he has, like, all sorts of different uh, instruments that he uses to test his electronic equipment. And he wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a biological impact of that stuff on the human body. It's just most of us are too afraid of how silly it looks to be talking on our phone using a selfie (laughs) stick. Whereas he doesn't give a shit just because he's... Uh, yeah, he's a, he's that he's Mercola. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's like I'm fucking Mercola. The, yeah, the number one fitness stick, visited so. website yeah, for like the last like fifteen years. million visits a day <laughs> yeah, on my yeah. website. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I'm the fucking man. He has to be yeah. one of your favorite guys to have talked to. I mean, he was such a treat. You for... talk to him every week. Oh yeah, we we talk every week. Oh, yeah, do you really? Yeah. Oh no yeah. shit. Oh yeah. So I've, I've, I've yeah. he definitely him and who else were we talking about? Who I could see you really hit. Oh, and Paul Check. Yeah, those two guys. I feel like Check will blow your mind. Those two guys you'll really really enjoy. Different too. The two of them, they're not they're not anything like each other, but they're both God, brilliant, but brilliant minds. I can't help. I bet but, I bet Paul Check deadlifts more than Doctor Mercola. Yeah, yes. I think so too. I think Way Paul Check might even deadlift more than me. But Doctor Mercola's got a longer selfie stick. <laughs> uh, God, we, we're living like in a ticking time bomb with all this Wi-Fi and uh, you know internet and stuff with kids you know with cell phones know. up to their face there's always the concept of hormesis you can keep your fingers crossed yeah let's hope, let's hope we, we make it okay just radiate your cells into a longer life excellent yeah it, yeah it is tricky i mean i'm i'm pretty careful with it mm. well my friend it's been a pleasure again it's always a pleasure we always man. have fun with you brother and by the way oh, we are friends now yeah you are one of my best friends now yeah we just i just brought you in you're in my fab five on my phone now can we go fishing yeah uh, <laughs> yeah we'll go get we'll get in a boat let's go let's fishing. Go. well he's sleeping he's sleeping over tonight next time you come over we'll go get in a boat I do we're, have a frisbee we're having a, we're having a sleeping a sleepover a and tomorrow morning we're gonna work out together who's the, who's the big spoon tonight Hmm? Me, duh, duh. I'm actually sleeping in Sal's meditation room. That's yeah, true. Meditation. There's room. good mojo in there. Good dude. feng shui going on. Very good mojo. It's my meditation slash. They were sex concerned room. I'd need a bed, but I told them I hunt. I'm pretty cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I have a meditation mat in there, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I don't really have a bed, and he's like, a med- is he's that like, like I sleep on rocks. Is I don't that care. like a yoga mat? No, or you got a little more beef. It's to like it? the Japanese. It's like a Japanese floor bed. You ever seen them? You can roll them out. Mm. I slept on that thing for like. Four months. What are they called, Doug? Futon. 
It's a, a, it's a, a futon? A f- I thought he was going to say something. Not a futon. It's a futon. <laughs> Sorry, so Doug. I'm going to go. Futon. I'm going to go basically pass out and slobber on Sal's meditation futon all night. And we'll work out tomorrow Fantastic. morning. Work out. Thanks Easy. again, my friend. All right. <laughs> Listen, 30 days of coaching. For free, Mind Pump Media. Oh, wait a second. Well, we gotta, we gotta, we're going to do a podcast with B right now on a day like this. We have to plug his bars right now, dude. His bars? Yes, dude. Are your just bars re- going to be available? What's he just on? released his bars. They're available as of uh, as of today. Right? Yeah. So tell yeah. people where, where they at to tell them everything right now. Tell them their affiliate code. Tell them what's stuff. up. <laughs> tell Mark. We don't even have an affiliate code. Cool. He's going to make it right now. Yeah, well, we could probably get you guys some kind of a discount if I get it set up before this podcast comes out. It will. I have Perfect. a couple of days. Yeah, well, you got a so couple So we days. could say, and, and remind me about this, Doug, we'll, we'll set up, uh, I would say about a 15% discount would be Exc- appropriate. Exclusive for my It actually fans. would be exclusive. I want I the, want 1% higher than anybody code, else the has. The code will be mind pump. <laughs> yeah, we're, be- we're best friends now. You don't even have a best friend until five minutes ago you didn't have a best friend. You have a best friend now. The, as of your first best friend call, I'm calling on you. I want 1%. Best, best friend. Shut 1%. the fuck up and let me finish talking. <laughs> so the code you is... Took, see, you're not... You're, dude, this is not how we work this relationship. Mind, mind pump. Uh, here's the deal. I spent like two years taste testing and designing this thing and also testing it. Like I took it to like 38 degrees below zero racing back in Vermont. I put it in my sauna for five hours. I took it on bike rides in Hawaii. It is uh, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, uh, <laughs> coconut oil, a little bit of organic honey, white chia seeds, Spanish almonds, mm. sea salt, uh, cacao butter. It's about 50 to 60% fat, 25, 30% protein about 20-ish percent carbohydrates, kind of like a, a lower, not like a greasy ketogenic bar, but like a low-carb, Very higher-fat pale- bar. Paleo-esque? No, not paleo-esque. I, like, I looked at a lot of like the paleo, you mean like the glazed donut paleo bars? I those, saw your video ones. on yeah. that. Yeah, they had yeah. Uh, no, a beaver butthole on it. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have any of like the like the egg white protein and all the excess. I, I think a lot of bars have excess protein. This one's got a little bit of collagen in it. It's got the equivalent of about a bone, like a cup of bones broth worth of collagen in it, um, and it's super clean. And uh, yeah, it, and it tastes amazing. It has. I learned a new word designing it. The organoleptic profile mm. is really good, meaning it's like it tastes really hedonistic, but it's actually really good. Oh, for so you. it hits all. What you what you did is you designed it to hit all of the hedonistic. Uh, I wanted a bar that, that would be guilt free, but also extremely addictive because I hear that's a good business move. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So what's the code again? Mind pump. Let's go. Let's go. Mind pump. We'll get that set up to get people a fifteen percent discount. Uh, the box is coming. A box of twelve bars. And where do they buy it on your site? For two hundred and sixty-eight dollars. And with um, and the, what's your site? Yeah, you you can get it. Uh, you know what should work is uh, bengreenfieldfitness.com slash nature bite should get people there or just look up Ben Greenfield nature bite and you should be able to find it. And if you can't, then I'm going to go fire some people. Excellent. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Love you, brother. Thank you for listening to mind pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy and maximize your overall performance. Check out our discounted RGB super bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB super bundle includes maps anabolic, MAPS Performance and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. 
With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.